Welcome into this week's edition of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast alongside Sun Devil Source publisher Chris Cartman. I'm your host, Kerry Crowley. Chris, we're now officially one-third of the way through Arizona State's spring practice slate. Even Todd Graham was surprised by that when he found out on Wednesday after practice that the Sun Devils have completed five of their 15 practice dates for the spring. It's flying by right now, and it's been a very interesting spring for ASU. The Sun Devils haven't had a scrimmage yet, and of course, those will be closed off to the media and to the public until the spring game on April 15th, but they've gone heavy on installation in the first four to five practices. They also had a review day in there as well, as the Sun Devils get acclimated to two new coordinators, offensive coordinator Billy Napier and defensive coordinator Phil Bennett. It's been interesting that the, um, you're always going to get just installation in the, in that first, uh, handful of practices. And, uh, we're also limited and it's important to point out that, uh, we're, we're seeing about 45 minutes an hour at the most of practices. And that's mostly skill development work. We have seen no 11 on 11, seven on seven, even one on ones, um, as yet. And, and we may not, which is, um, makes it a little bit tough on the evaluation side for some of this stuff, especially like looking at quarterback competition. But uh, there is still plenty of, uh, of information to glean from all of this. Uh, I think we've noticed very clearly, for example, that Todd Graham is uh, being much more of a CEO overseer type um, and and giving control of the, the defense to Phil Bennett, at least at this stage of the process. Uh, Billy Napier, you're getting a, a sense of kind of what he brings to the table and his idiosyncrasies as an offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach. And uh, and Phil Bennett, uh, a feel for his personality type, which I think is very much similar to Todd Graham. I uh, Todd Graham's wife, Penny Graham, was out at practice this week, and I, I said that they're kind of like two peas in a pod. Um, they kind of have the same communication style and approach and uh, tend to be a little bit disjointed and, and all over the place in terms of their thoughts, but, um, but yet uh, still have a sort of a comprehensive perspective on what's going on. Uh, so um, additionally, of course, we're looking at uh, what some of the new position coaches are like, uh, for example, Rob Sale, with, what's the contrast with him versus um, his predecessor, Chris Thompson, and Sale seems to be a lot harder edge, very intense and aggressive um, and not, not messing around at any point in time, a lot more um, uh, uh, instruction while the dialogue is taking place as opposed to maybe taking pauses to have it be uh, demonstrated uh, with Rob Likens, the, the new wide receivers coach, extremely encouraging, upbeat, positive, really uh, a nonstop communicator uh, and really articulates kind of what he wants to see from receivers conceptually within some of the routes. I noticed with Michael Slater, the defensive line coach who's new and, and quite a contrast to Jose Amalu, who was extremely laid back. Slater's got uh, an edge also, which you tend to see in line coaches, uh, but um, very precise in terms of what he's asking players to do uh, from a technical standpoint. And, and I think we've really been able to identify who's more um, 
prepared to play for these coaches, especially if you look at like Sale and Slater, who they like from a skill standpoint, and then who they feel like isn't really uh, up to par at this at this stage of the process. And uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of that stuff on on the evaluation uh, portion of our, our premium podcast. So, um, so yeah, there's there's pl- there's plenty of uh, to to really kind of uh, be able to parse through and and and, uh, and discuss. So to break down the first few practices for the Sun Devils this spring, essentially what ASU did on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball was start with three days of installation where the players are getting acclimated to the new schemes and the new terminology and the new concepts that Billy Napier is bringing in on the offensive side and Phil Bennett is bringing in on the defensive side. That fourth practice that the Sun Devils held, which was on Monday, was devoted to reviewing situations, reviewing the terminology that they'd put in, making sure that everyone was on the same page, everyone was caught up, because as Napier said, he was really aggressive with the installation because there are many changes from what Chip Lindsey brought last year. And on the defensive side of the ball, Phil Bennett's got different terminology that the Sun Devils haven't used in the first five seasons under Todd Graham. So that's going to take some getting used to for all of the defensive personnel, especially communication-wise, which is especially important at this point in spring practices because that's something the Sun Devils obviously struggled with over the last two seasons when they came in last in the country in pass defense. So after that fourth practice, the Sun Devils returned on Wednesday and essentially began another part of the installation process. And on offense, the Sun Devils were working in red zone situations. On defense, the Sun Devils began to install their nickel defensive package, so an extra defensive back on the field. And it looks like that the Sun Devils will continue with the installation process and perhaps do a little review next Monday, but they'll continue with the installation process on Friday's practice. And then next Wednesday, ASU will hold its first scrimmage of the spring. Right. So Billy Napier said, and, and we're going to play uh, his in a, a, a scrum after practice, a media scrum um, with Napier from Wednesday of this week uh, at, after our kind of conversation here. But um, he was essentially saying, we want to try to get everything in. And then you can always go back and review, make sure that things get firmed up in, in guys' minds. But spring is really about getting uh, the entirety of what our offense is, is, is going to be, at least in front of our players, and then um, take opportunities as you go to make sure that you're um, covering that ground again so that guys aren't, aren't uh, forgetting what, what, they, what they learned. And um, he said it's, aggr- it's an aggressive approach, and um, we're kind of seeing that unfold as we go. And, and s- several of the players that we talked to have said that the, the playbook is very extensive. Like it, it's a much bigger uh, overall playbook than what ASU had previously. Uh, and, and I think that sort of makes sense. It, it, it's thematically squares up with some of the things that we've seen out there. Um, you had with Chip Lindsay, uh, they had trick plays and stuff, but you, but they had a pretty stripped down, offense overall and with this transition to Billy Napier you see uh, new and different personnel sets utilization of players and and yet probably still all those things generally that they were doing so um, uh, it's probably a lot for these guys to really absorb and take in I would say especially um, your tight ends your backs your receivers but uh, but 
uh, it seems to be going reasonably well. And, and I think from a talent standpoint, uh, if they if they're able to settle on a quarterback, um, they'll probably be a more talented team overall on the offensive side of the ball from last year. And before we talk about different position groups and players for ASU, you brought up an interesting point earlier, and I kind of want to dive into this, and that's Todd Graham's role at ASU's first five spring practices so far. And it's very different from the role that he'd played previously during his first five seasons at ASU. And a lot of the spring practices, we'd see him exclusively working on the defensive side of the ball. And I think a lot of that had to do with the trust that he had in Mike Norvell during those first four seasons when Norvell was in charge of ASU's offense. And we oftentimes saw Graham coaching up the cornerbacks. He was uh, working with ASU's defensive backs coach, making sure that technique was correct, and he was offering coaching points to that group specifically and would then kind of float around on the defensive half of the field, the east side of the field at ASU's Kajikawa practice facility. And I can say with pretty much a lot of certainty over the past two weeks, he's focused on the offensive side of the ball, especially the offensive line, the tight ends, making sure that that group is prepared. And he's walked over to the quarterbacks, taken inventory over there as well. Of course, Billy Napier and Rob Likens are working with the quarterbacks and wide receivers, but Graham has uh, definitely had an interest in what's going on on the offensive side of the ball, especially up front where ASU struggled quite a bit last season. Undoubtedly, this is the most consequential change that we're seeing in the spring. And um, the addition of Phil Bennett gives ASU five defensive coaches. That's not been the case previously. Todd Graham became sort of a de facto position coach as a result of that uh, and felt like that was what was needed for his program previously. That's no longer the case. You clearly can, can tell that with Phil Bennett now also working with the defensive backs along with TJ Rushing uh, and Keith Patterson manning the inside linebacker, Sean Slocum managing the that rush position, and then you have Michael Slater who's coaching your D lineman. Todd Graham doesn't need to get in there necessarily and be involved in actually teaching technique to corners and things of that nature. But but um, more significantly than that is how this probably will shape what their team will be in 2017. Uh, Graham has always been the signaler and primary play caller for ASU's defense. And that, uh, in our estimation, is something that we've talked about a lot on SunDevilSource.com and something that if you're curious for more information on, you should really jump over and engage with us on this um, we have you know Q and A with premium members and everything, but uh, but but Graham's uh, overall tendencies and approach to how he called defense contributed in a very significant way to some of the challenges that they had in the secondary the last two seasons, and the recognition that something needed to change in that regard is what led to the addition of Phil Bennett, a, a coach that Todd Graham actually cites as one of his mentors going back to learning about football at Texas A&M when R.C. Slocum was the head coach. Sean Slocum is R.C. Slocum's son and a really longtime friend of Todd Graham as a result of that. But Phil Bennett was there and he was a mentor to really both of those guys. And, and uh, again, this is really about Todd Graham handing the keys to the car to Phil Bennett to really drive the defense. And that's, that's everything that's filling up the tank, get, getting under the hood and checking everything out. And, um, and that is, um, 
calling the calling their what route they're going to run or what what uh, what what um, navigation that they're going to have on their car to whatever trip their their destination is going to be. All those things is kind of what are going to fall under Bennett's purview, and that's not really ever been the case. There was talk about this happening with Keith Patterson previously, never materialized. I don't think it was going to happen given the the personality types and the dynamic of them. But this is a very different situation. And um, in my estimation, I think you probably would agree, Carrie, the most important thing as we look to uh, how this defense is going to be on the field in September and beyond. Yeah, Graham said that the reason he brought in Phil Bennett was the result of a self-assessment he performed at the end of the 2016 season when the Sun Devils went 5-7. and seven. And We'll play the audio of Todd Graham from after Wednesday's practice because I think there's another important point that he gleaned from that self-assessment, and that's that he needed other perspectives. And two new perspectives that Graham brought in are consultants and Danny White, a former Sun Devil quarterback, former Dallas Cowboys quarterback, successful arena football coach with the Arizona Rattlers, and Dave Christensen, who spent 19 seasons as an assistant coach on Gary Pinkle's staffs at Toledo and Missouri before taking over as the head coach of the Wyoming Cowboys. He was there from 2009 to 2013, a five-year stint. He was most recently uh, working as the offensive line coach at Texas A&M. But this is something that you see in the most successful programs in college football. You see the Nick Sabans of the world and the Jim Harbaugh's of the world surrounding themselves with football knowledge, with outside perspective. And it is something that Todd Graham hasn't exactly done to this point and something that he's committed to doing this spring and this fall. Right. So Todd Graham said that he's learning some things from them that those guys are picking up at practices. For example, with Danny White, it was the location and how a quarterback was holding and delivering the football in, in a particular a concept that they were running. Christensen is a guy who's been around the, the college coaching world for probably three, four decades now. Um, and he's jumped around quite a bit, but that's a, that's basically like having another coach on your staff, but somebody who's able to just sort of evaluate what you're doing primarily on the offensive side of the football. He was an offensive coordinator at multiple places that he was at Utah for a year, um, under, uh, Winningham as an offensive coordinator. And he was at Texas A&M, mm-hmm. I, I believe. Right. And uh, as you mentioned, Carrie, the head coach at Wyoming, um, he was an offensive coordinator at some other op- some other places before that. Toledo, yeah, Toledo and Missouri. Yeah, so, so, but that's basically like getting the equivalent of somebody who could be an offensive coordinator, who's just an analyst in your program. And this is sort of the direction that college football is now tr- going. Um, you, you're only allowed nine uh, assistant coaches who are able to actually engage and work with the players on the field. But then beyond that. There's been this proliferation of quality control people and analysts who are at your practices and are observing everything that's taking place and helping you fine tune and sharpen um, everything that you're doing from skill segments to evaluations of players and how guys get better and how that uh, looks to the actual structure of your, your, your schemes and everything. And I think that Christensen, um, is extremely valuable in that kind of a way. And Danny White, of course, has a a unique perspective to quarterback at ASU. And um, 
you know, he was an arena football head coach. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of value to, I think these guys being in the program, especially because they're, 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 they are uh, both older than Todd Graham and probably people that he respects a lot as a result of sort of what they've accomplished and who they are. And so I think all of that helps filter into the consciousness of the head coach in a way that, that likely will result in real changes, uh, manifesting on the football field and speaking of the quarterbacks both Todd Graham and Billy Napier spoke about ASU's quarterback competition on Wednesday after practice essentially the Sun Devils are five days into their spring so as we mentioned it's still very much a learning and acclimation process for these quarterbacks to get under speed and get under center with Billy Napier and learn the ins and outs of his offense and Graham said that but the most important part of the quarterback evaluation this spring will come in the scrimmages that ASU has. ASU's got a scrimmage scheduled for next Wednesday, kind of at the midway point of the spring. The Sun Devils will do one more scrimmage after that, and then the Sun Devils will hold their spring game on April 15th. Billy Napier has said that uh, it might be easier if ASU wasn't repping as many quarterbacks as it is to install his offense. You can get concepts down quicker. You can know the offense faster, and everyone gets more comfortable. But he's not worried at this point in the spring that the Sun Devils don't have any plans to narrow down the competition. They're going to keep it wide open through the spring so that every player has uh, essentially a clean slate to learn this offense, to start over, start anew, and prove themselves in the eyes of Napier and the rest of ASU's offensive coaching staff. It's something that we alluded to in, in our last podcast. And why, <clears throat> why pardon me, why would they um, narrow things down when they haven't even installed everything? They just did red zone work for the first time yesterday, uh, Wednesday's practice, um, situationally and all these different things that they're doing, they haven't even gotten to anything yet. They haven't even had a scrimmage yet. That's uh, an actual live thing. So, um, they're only going to have two of these in the spring and then you're going to have a four month break where guys are going to be doing things on their own individually. Um, you're going to get probably clearance for Bryce Perkins and Brady White, and then maybe that somehow changes your perspective on the quarterback situation. So, um, I, again, I think we're not really going to have a great sense of what's going on with this group and what a pecking order really actually will look like until uh, mid-August. But we will say that Todd Graham said that Manny Wilkins has impressed him. Um I'm not sure what the quote was, but in particular, he's been impressed by Manny Wilkins when he was talking about the the quarterback. And play. he said he's really stepped his game up. Mm -hmm. And then so uh, with with Blake Barnett, who's taken most of the second team reps that we've seen, um, which doesn't amount to much because it's not any team anything. But um, Barnett, he basically said that he's learning, adjusting, adapting to being an ASU. Part of that's probably the personnel, but also scheme related. Um, as everybody is. But again, it's too early to really draw any conclusions on this whatsoever. And again, whatever happens in a couple spring scrimmages still isn't going to be too indicative of how the quarterback race plays out this no. fall unless there's one player that clearly shines above the rest, and that's still going to be very difficult to do in so, so few opportunities. I really doubt that they're going to be thinking about that a lot in August unless it's just like some guy goes out and lights the world on fire, which yeah. I doubt that it's going to happen. There, 
They'll have to check the spring game record books. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So moving on to the rest of the offense and the position groups on offense, ASU, of course, is still trying to find a replacement at left tackle for the departed Evan Goodman, who graduated a two-year starter. The Sun Devils have worked Cole Cabral with the first team at left tackle this spring, Chris. They've worked Quinn Bailey with the first team at right tackle this spring. And after he missed the first two practices of the spring, one was due to a team rules violation. The other, he was uh, getting uh, working out off to the side. Zach Robertson is back with the offensive line practicing, and it appears as though he, who has some positional flexibility to play both guard and tackle is going to at least start the spring primarily working at tackle and and they don't really have a lot of tackle uh, established talent and so that sort of makes sense and we've said that we think that Zach Robertson's probably a better player as a guard um, for a long time on to our premium audience but um, so not really surprised by that and um until you get to see really one-on-ones and um, O-line defense, O-line D-line going up against each other, seven on nine, they, they, they've tended to, to actually uh, politely ask us to leave practices right as they get into their inside run, which is seven on nine. Um, and uh, that would be pretty informative on some of these things, but we're, we're not really seeing that. And the other position battle on the offensive line that has kind of emerged so far this spring, A.J. McCollum, a returning starter at center, appears to be battling with Tyler McClure. Both players have taken first-team reps this spring, even though McClure is a walk-on. And even though we think that somebody else on the roster might be the best center, <laughs> yes, uh, center prospect, certainly, and that's something we're going to talk about on the premium, too. There actually could be a few other players on the roster if ASU had some more versatility at the offensive tackle positions that two or three. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So we'll, uh, we'll dive into that on the premium report. Uh, tight ends wise, ASU clearly has a front runner to win that battle. And that's JJ Wilson. I don't really think anyone else is going to challenge Wilson probably could have started uh, last year if everything was going his way. But Cody Cole was a multi-year returner. J.J. Wilson still had a few maturity issues, wasn't quite ready to assume the position, but he is a jumbo athlete with a lot of potential, and he'll be backed up in some form or another by Tommy Hudson and Jared Buback. We wrote a story on the site about the uh, tight end position getting a lot more attention um, this spring and players feeling like it was going to be utilized quite a bit more in this on this offense. And so I, I would suggest everybody going to check that out. But uh, if they have a tight end on the field, just one, that's going to be J.J. Wilson. Yes. And when they go to two tight ends on the field, that depends on what exactly they're trying to accomplish situationally. And, and that could be Hudson or Buback at this point. Running backs-wise, ASU has all three of its top returners, Demario Richard, Kalen Balaj, and Nick Ralston, working out right now. Eno Benjamin is not quite healthy yet after suffering an injury in the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. However, he is dressed out. He's taking in the coaching points, and he hopes to be cleared completely by the start of summer. Uh, 
Moving on to the wide receivers group, Chris, quick update there. Nikhil Harry hasn't been repping a whole lot with the first team in terms of reps that we've seen. We've gotten questions about that. Don't worry about it, folks. But exactly. Don't worry about that. The Sun Devils know what Nikhil Harry brings to the table, so they want to make sure that they take an extensive look at the other players because when you do get into the 2017 season, you're primarily going to be using four or five wide receivers in your rotation. The Sun Devils are taking a look right now essentially six players other than Harry. When you go down that depth chart, it's Terrell Chapman, Ryan Jenkins, Ryan Newsom, John Humphrey, the two transfers, and then Kyle Williams and Jalen Harvey also getting long looks this spring. Yeah, three positions um, in, in the base offense, right? Sometimes you'll have four receivers on the field, but uh, you're, you're typically going to have five plus or minus one guys that get most of your reps at the wide receiver position, obviously, Nikhil Harry is going to be one of those guys. And I think Jalen Harvey is almost for sure going to be one of those guys. And then uh, Ryan Newsom and John Humphrey are very likely, if not for sure, that's four players. Yeah. And then you have who's going to be a fifth guy. Is that going to be uh, Terrell Chapman, who Ty Graham said is really matured and is making an impression? Is that going to be Ryan Newsom? Uh, pardon me, is that going to be um, Kyle, Williams. Kyle, uh, Kyle Williams, a guy that Todd Graham said epitomizes the Sun Devil way and meets all the values and was was uh, uh, did the team a solid by wor- working on defense last year? Is that going to be Ryan Jenkins, uh, walk on that Todd Graham said is probably in line for a scholarship uh, starting in the fall and someone that's impressed us with his route running and overall fitness level, I think, um, this fall. I, I would say at least... Um, you know, one of those guys probably ends up being uh, playing a lot, but one or two of them might end up not playing very much. Somebody, some, somebody in this group that we've that we've gone over here is probably not going to see a lot of uh, action on the field. But for ASU fans, the good news probably is that they have options that are pretty talented athletically, and they they should be able to put together an impressive. Um, look out there with their with their receivers. One guy we haven't mentioned, you probably paying attention notice is Cam Smith. Uh, Cam Smith uh, has uh, spent his time uh, working on the side. Um, I don't know if the need still doesn't feel right to him or what exactly is holding him back. Um, But last year he never felt 100% and was uh, kept himself out quite a bit despite being cleared. And it appears that this is persisting into 2017. Now, flipping things over to the defensive side of the ball, one of the big takeaways from the first five practices of the spring is pass rusher Doug Subtil, who was signed as a devil backer, potentially the answer at that position for ASU. Subtil is practicing at defensive end, and that's where his position coach, Michael Slater, said he expects him to stay. Right, and we didn't know coming in if Subtil would play the devil backer or an end position. Um, I think that what Bennett and Slater said is that they want their their guys to be able to learn everything that they need to do um, functionally to be successful, and that is more of a defensive end position um, to be a full service player at this level. And and then we'll subsequently see what happens with some of their pass rush sub packages, and maybe in that type of a look they do something differently. But for right now. Um, it looks like 
Subtil is going to play behind Jojo Wicker at that end position on base downs. At the linebacker level, Christian Sam and DJ Calhoun returning starters in the middle. It really doesn't look like ASU is going to tinker a whole lot at inside linebacker. One player who is on the inside linebacker depth chart, but could probably play a few different positions on the defense. And ASU is looking right now at plugging him in at a few different positions is Malik Lawal, who has emerged early in the spring as essentially a jack of all trades. Yeah, Malik Lawal, the new Swiss Army knife of the <laughs> ASU defense, um, has gone from inside linebacker to the buck devil position. And uh, then he was like in the defensive back, backpedaling and skill development work. Uh, because they're also considering playing him as a spur. Um, the spur position, you lose Lyle Mokio. That's where they're looking at. Frank Darby, who's a converted wide receiver, and, um, and, and Tyler Wiley and other players to figure out, okay, wh- who's our best option here. Um, and, and that position in this defense is, is probably going to become even more of a coverage uh, a position. So, um, yeah, and then... Uh, I think with Lawal, he's a guy who was a really great pass rusher at the high school level, and he's improved his fitness and, and conditioning and physicality. He had an ACL injury as a senior in high school, so maybe he becomes uh, a weapon when you get to third down. Now looking at the secondary for ASU, Ty Thomas, a mid-year enrollee, going to be a true freshman in 2017, getting first-team reps at the safety position right now. Remember, ASU has Armand Perry out. He'll miss the spring due to a surgery. Uh, Marcus Ball, another safety. Kareem Orr, a cornerback, have been limited to some degree this spring. So ASU has some walk-ons getting reps. But Phil Bennett said he likes what he's seen from Chad Adams, a player going into his senior season at ASU. So it's been Adams and Thomas working with the first team in the defensive backfield at safety. Uh, so I spoke with Michael Bennett. I, mean, I spoke with um, Phil Bennett, pardon me, the defensive coordinator, uh, after a recent practice. And he, and he, without being prompted, said that uh, he thinks Chad Adams is having a good spring. Um, we didn't mention Adams on. <laughs> I actually remember listening to the interview, and your question was had nothing to do no. with Chad Adams having a good spring. Totally unprompted <laughs> props for Chad Adams, which yeah. is which, that's, that's impressive. Cool, that, that's great. And I just want to apologize because when we did the, our preview of the the uh, the defensive backs uh, on a previous podcast, I think that I forgot to mention Chad Adams. So my apologies. He's obviously been on the field quite a bit over the last couple years at ASU, and and just given. Um, the injury situation that they have with Armand Perry out and other guys limited or out, uh, it's a pretty good opportunity for Chad Ems. Jamarcus Rhodes wasn't with the team for the first week. He's playing there. Daz Tautelatas is working on the side. So their safety options are really not not much. So uh, it, for, for Adams, it's good that Bennett's been impressed with him through the first five practices, and that's something that he's going to have to sort of sustain. And Ty Thomas is probably saying to himself, man, I made a really good decision. <laughs> No one's happier with ASU than Ty Thomas. I mean, he's this walks right into first team reps because um, there's nobody else that's really out there. Um, and they have Owen Rogers, who's a walk on that that Todd Graham signaled out uh, Wednesday as being um, probably um, the most impressive walk on on defense so far. And by the way, that's very interesting. Um, you can read my mind here, Carrie, because they have currently. 
uh, a local product at a Chandler High School who's a walk-on nose tackle who's playing with the first team at times in practice settings, who is um, Jordan Hoyt. Jordan Hoyt. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah. But um, in the secondary, uh, they also have walk-ons who aren't even listed on the roster with, this, with the uh, second team at their cornerback positions. Yeah, final note on the defensive side of the ball, Jeremy Smith and Frank Darby, a pair of receivers who were recruited in ASU's 2016 signing class, have both been working with the defense this spring. Jeremy Smith playing behind Chad Adams right now as the second team cover safety. ASU now referring to its field side safety as its cover safety, its uh, bandit safety as its down safety. Uh, that's part of the new terminology for Phil Bennett. Jeremy Smith has impressed Todd Graham. He said that that is likely where Smith will stick. He's had five interceptions through the first five practices for ASU. So, of course, plenty of questions about who's throwing those interceptions. And then Frank Darby uh, has been playing at the spur position. Todd Graham said that Darby's more of a nickel back type of a player, kind of a corner uh, in that role, but I think he's got the physicality and the body type to be able to play that spur position effectively if ASU does want Darby to stick there in the long run. That That's a, a hinting at how they want to utilize mm-hmm. spur, you know. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I think hopefully we're able to give you a, kind of a good overview there. Um, it's cursory and, and sort of thin, but um, if you want a lot more perspective on some of these things, definitely hit the, the premium podcast, which will follow. So right now we're going to play the audio from after Wednesday's practice from Billy Napier in his media scrum, answered questions about ASU's quarterback situation, the offensive line, and much more than Todd Graham, who spoke for 10 minutes after Wednesday's practice about a variety of subjects regarding the Sun Devils this spring. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. For Sun Devil Source publisher Chris Cartman, I'm your host, Kerry Crowley. Well, I think the biggest thing uh, we want our players to focus on right now is controlling what they can control. Um, And that's in everything that they do uh, in terms of their approach, their effort, their focus in the meeting, uh, their focus in the walkthroughs, and then obviously that's going to transition to the field. But uh, we're moving right along in our installation plan. We, We were really aggressive the first three days. We went back and reviewed practice four. Uh, today we introduced some new areas and some new situations. We, we went into the red area today. We worked on short yardage today. So uh, we've got a very detailed plan and uh, we're moving forward in that approach. I think spring is always going to be the execution levels a little bit lower than you want. But the key to the drill is that you in, introduce all your concepts, uh, you get everything established so you can go back, clean it up in the summer. Uh, We've got a very detailed plan for summer one and summer two, and then obviously training camp. So uh, it is new, um, but I'm I'm pleased with where we're at. Uh, I'm pleased with the effort. I'm pleased with the approach. I think we're coming together. I think I see unity and togetherness from the group. Uh, There's a certain level of camaraderie that goes with a championship team, uh, and I see us developing in that area, and I think that's a huge part of the equation. Well, it is one of the uh, weaknesses of not having a starter and having a competition where so many guys are 
are uh, capable and are getting repetition. So that's one of the negatives of having repping four guys. But at the same time, um, we're a long way from having to play a game. Uh, and, you know, teaching is repetition. Uh, we're going to get a lot of reps in each and every practice. Our summer program will be very aggressive in terms of the number of reps we get as well. So uh, we, we told them it was going to be a clean slate. Um, we started the depth chart and the organizational chart at a fair place. We're working our way through that, and there is competition each and every day. Um, you know, one, one day one guy looks the best, the next day another guy may look the best. So uh, it will be about the entire body of work, and it will be about which guy can put our team in position to play winning football. Uh, I don't think at that point is when you would make the decision. Um, there's just so much work. Spring practice is a very small percentage of if you look at it from a big picture and see it from a thousand yards away. Um, you know, you really want to get all your concepts taught. You're evaluating every player on the team, uh, and that gives you a good idea of how you're going to manage your summer and how you're going to manage training camp. Uh, but we're a long way from that decision. Right now, we're we're just going to wake up and hit that tree and uh, keep hitting that tree. And, and one day that thing's going to fall over and we'll have a starter. Um, we'll have a guy that can lead our football team. What does Jalen Hardy bring you slot receiver more to that wingback kind of role? Um, I don't know that I would say wingback. I mean, he's playing in the slot. He's playing the H position for us. Um, you know, and Jalen's a guy who's very capable. He's been productive as a player here in the past. He's a bigger guy. Uh, we like that player to be a physical player. Uh, we like that guy to be able to catch the ball over the middle. He has to be a football intelligent person who can handle a lot of concepts, a lot of different alignments. Uh, he's handled that well. We're pleased with where he's at. Uh, and certainly, we've got a lot of competition in the receiver group. Uh, we've got some quality depth there. Uh, they're all competing. I think we're going to be able to play a lot of guys at that position. Uh, and the more depth that we have, uh, the better for our football team. How important is it you guys Anytime certain situations in the game call from, for having protection and being able to take shots and have answers for the blitz, and certainly one of those answers is picking up the pressure. Um, and we're working on that. We've introduced that concept. And uh, you also can release five players. That can be the answer to pressure. So. Uh, you need to be able to create explosive plays. Uh, and sometimes to do that, you need to be in seven-man protection. We certainly will do that. What have you thought of Ryan Jenkins so far this week? Well, Ryan Jenkins has really impressed me, uh, just in terms of his approach. Uh, I think he's a very focused individual. He's a great team player. Uh, his attitude has been tremendous. He's a great example for everyone on the team. And Ryan's a guy who is a walk-on, you know, and Ryan's a guy who, uh, as if he continues to prove himself, uh, wouldn't surprise me one bit if he was able to win a scholarship at some point. So very pleased with Ryan. Uh, he's a guy that gives us a lot of flexibility. He can play inside, he can play outside, uh, and certainly will be a core special teams game as well. And then what have you thought about the starting top Well, we've got, I think we've got some versatility there. Um, we've got a good group of tackles. I do think that, uh, it's an area where, you know, we're kind of looking for that swing tackle. 
Uh, we like for those guys to be able to play other positions as well. Uh, but I'm pleased with where our front is at. Uh, I think Coach Sell's done an outstanding job with that unit. Uh, we're making progress each and every day. I can see the improvement. And a lot of the concepts that we're running are new to them. Uh, so I think as time goes forward, uh, we're going to give them an opportunity to go dictate to the defense, control the line of scrimmage, um, and be aggressive in our approach. Uh, we want to play with an edge up front. We want to be physical. We want to lead the league and finish. Uh, and we want to be a, no a team that's known for the intangibles, the focus, the effort, the discipline, and obviously the technique and the fundamentals are a huge part of that as well. Um, we're certainly making progress up front. You got it. Thanks, guys. is I think one of the things that uh, one of the areas has been very, very impressive early in spring has been uh, uh, our wide receivers. Kyle has is, is got everything uh, about when we talk about the Sun Devil way, he embodies every bit of the values of our program. Character, smart, disciplined, and tough, and obviously very, very talented. And, you know, last year we, you know, we even moved him over to defense because he was so talented. But uh, hey, he's a guy right now that's really excelling, and I know Coach Napier's been uh, very, very high on him every day. So have I. And uh, that receiving core has been impressive, as well as the one guy that's really stood out, big-time improvement. I think Kyle's really a guy that's stuck out, but T-Chat, uh, Terrell Chapman, as we call him T-Chat has really, really matured and is doing well as also. So our receiving core has been impressive. Coach, I see you getting after the whole line today. What are you looking to see as far as the progression throughout this uh, spring? Uh, we just want to be better. We want their best every day. And uh, you know, it's our job as coaches to bring that out of them. And so uh, um, sometimes we got to give them a little motivation. So. Uh, uh, but I like that group. I, I like their toughness. Uh, I, I think we've got good experience there. The key is is getting the best out of them every day. Not not good work, not great work. Their best every day. And so, uh, uh, I, what gives me a lot of confidence is I've got a lot of confidence in in um, the, the guys we got on both sides of the football. And so uh, uh, we're solid, and we've got we've got a little bit of depth on both sides of the football. The key is continuity. And, and getting their best every day and continue to get better and stack success. Really? Golly, that went by fast. That was that was practice five, huh? Wow. Uh, it's been it's 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 uh, uh, been 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 it's I've been very impressed. Um, you know. Uh, uh, you know, all three of the guys that are repping, and then Bryce is also going. Bryce has not been able to do because he's not been cleared for contact to do team yet. But uh, all those guys are working extremely well, and then uh, I've been very, very impressed uh, with with all of them, and uh, um, uh, with uh, in particular with Manny. Uh, and you can tell that he has uh, raised his game, and uh, I think Blake coming in, and, you know, obviously you can tell he's learning. Uh, but uh, you know, they bring a lot to the table and. You'll know more, we'll know more about that evaluation with the quarterbacks in our first scrimmage that we have, which will be uh, uh, next Wednesday. So, so if you have a walk-on in Ryan Jenkins, mm -hmm. you take a yeah, he's another guy that's really stood out to me that's really, you know, obviously you got to earn it on the field, that's on the game field. 
but he is really he's been a guy that's really stuck out to Coach Napier and myself uh, when we and, and, and Coach Lykin when we've watched film, and he's a guy that's got himself in position to you know earn him a, earn him a spot next fall you know in the lineup as well as uh, you know. Um, um, uh, be a guy that uh, you know can fall in line with Freddie Gamage and guys like that that's earned him a scholarship. What do you like specifically about the JUCO guys and the walk-on guys? Uh, you, know, you know, two guys that stick out to me walk-on wise are, are Tyler McClure and, and Jenkins are the two that, that that I've been very very impressed with um, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Owen Rogers uh, is a guy that sticks out to me on 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 defense, just hard, working hard and and busting his tail, doing everything right. Frank Ogus has been impressive. A guy that I think could be a special teams guy for us. So, uh, uh, and then junior college wise, I mean, I don't, I don't really, I look at kids all the same. I mean, it's about being able to transition them. Uh, and so, uh, you know, um, I've been very, I mean, been pleased with all the progress of our of our guys from that standpoint. So, uh, a lot of our guys, the the key for us is guys. The great thing is the guys that are here now. You're able to develop them. The, the thing that we've got to do a great job is we've got we, we're going to have you know a handful of guys that are going to be here in the summer uh, and next fall we got to do a great job of transitioning them in a hurry. You know, I, I really I I think you know I think people are confused uh, a lot on leadership. I think especially leadership is something that. Um, uh, you have to set the standard uh, for the for, for the values that our program's about: work ethic, discipline. Uh, you know, doing the right things at a high level. It's not good enough just to do your job. That ain't gonna get it done. Uh, you got to do your job better than everybody else. And so. Um, uh, it's actions. I think that's one of the things that we've talked to our guys about. I'll be real honest with you: the leadership, uh, when it comes to day in and day out, modeling that is going to it comes from our staff, and I've been very, very pleased with that. But I, I, I think our guys, I think are starting to understand what leadership is. Leadership's not a gift. It's not something that when you're a good player, you get to be a leader or you get to be a captain. Uh, you know, you earn that and you earn it. I, I, I guess when I think of leadership. You know, what I've talked to these guys a lot about is being a leader like Taylor Kelly was. And Taylor Kelly activated the other 10 guys on the field. He also held them accountable. You know, so I can't just do my job. I'm doing my job. It doesn't matter. I have to impact other people, and you got to have accountability. I have to set the standard when it comes to our values. So uh, I want to, I want our players to be genuinely who they are, you know. Uh, but I want us to be unique, one of a kind. Uh, you know, that's why we don't do so. I talked about that today. That's why we don't do the uh, talking trash and doing all that stuff and, and getting stupid penalties. And, you know, we, we're just not yeah, everybody yelling at the official. You ever go to a football game, every single person stand. That's all everybody does yell at the officials, which you have absolutely no control over. And so uh, uh, we want to do the things that, that single us out as unique and one of a kind. And so I want one of a kind leadership that is unique to us, but a person has to be generally who they are. But Taylor Kelly didn't give a bunch of speeches. He didn't give, he just led every day. And uh, he's a guy that uh, uh, over all my years, there's a guy named Paul Smith at Tulsa, Dave Johnson at Tulsa, and Taylor Kelly are the guys that really, all quarterbacks that really, embodied what a leader was. And, and I, we've had some other good ones. You know, Burke and all those guys were good 
man, they, 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 they did an unbelievable standard, you know, on and off the field and all that. But you can do all those things. You can be academic All-American. You can be the most disciplined guy out there. But if you don't activate and you don't have accountability with everybody else, then, then, you, then, then that's not leadership. So uh, our guys are, you know, we're, 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 I feel good about all that stuff because I think uh, we're going into our sixth year. But uh, I want them to be whoever, generally who they are too. You know, I wouldn't want to take a Pat Tillman and try to, you know, you know, they, everyone has to meet the standard and the values of the program, but you also want people to be genuinely who they are and unique to, to themselves. If not, then it's just that it, it come across the right way. The other gentleman. We'll call him the other guy. Uh, I'm sorry, Dave. Dave Christensen. Dave, Dave, yeah. Uh, what is it that you'd like to see them contribute? Uh, you know, uh, mainly they're a consultant to me. You know, it's just sometimes, you know, you're working and you're just having a different perspective. Uh, so every single day they're giving me input. It's not really to watch over anybody else. It's just to say, hey, you know, here's a couple of guys that have a lot of years uh, and a lot of diverse years in the game of football. Uh, that uh, there's already been just little things that Danny has said, like, hey, on this deal here, you just might want to look at this. Uh, it had something to do with our quarterback where he was holding the ball, something that simple. Um, uh, you know, both those guys have a wealth of experience in different ways. You know, obviously, uh, uh, Danny was a great quarterback and then, uh, then coached arena ball afterwards, uh, but uh, – has a great deal of experience and and uh, so really just contribute from that standpoint but they're they they have definitive roles and it's really being a consultant to me and really just kind of you know uh, just kind of sometimes just to have someone to sit back and say hey you know you might want to look at this this is something over here i think we might need to have attention to and um uh you know dave's been been great i mean he's obviously uh uh, been a head football coach and uh has been uh, an offensive coordinator and a line coach and and uh, has been very successful in, in, in the Power Five conferences. And so uh, he, he's been, he's been a, a great addition. Todd, when did you first start thinking about bringing those guys in? What was the genesis of that? What made you think this might be something that could help? Well, it's just something that, uh, you know, uh, as we assess, as I've gone back and tried to assess and gone, man, you know, okay, this didn't go the way we wanted it to go. And this is something that I feel like from a self-awareness standpoint that I need to get better at this. I just want to, I just want to win, whatever it takes to win, right? And so part of our assessment was we thought it would be good to, to, to have – but also, it, it, you know, you can't have too many chiefs and not enough Indians, right? I mean, so, so we wanted – I want people that, that really embody what we're about. And I wanted to hire Sun Devil. You know, I mean, it was – you know, Danny's – Great Sun Devil, man, and he loves this place. And he he had a they both had a desire to want to help help us and wanted to be a part of what we're doing. But it was really from the assessment is why I, I came up with that.